0: I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. Today I want to deal with three thorny Turkish issues. Turkey, with one foot in the west and one foot in the east, is, is just not living in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. A lot of complex issues there, and lately in the news we've been talking about the Kurds and the Armenians and Turkish membership in the European Union. I'm joined today by two friends of mine, Turkish tour guides, Mina Karahan and Tan Aran, coming to us from Istanbul. Mina and Tan, thanks for joining us. Hi, Rick. Hi, Rick. These are complicated issues, and I I like to get a Turkish voice on this. And, of course, you could have Kurds and Armenians and Europeans coming in here and adding to that. But I I just want to let our, our listeners get a little understanding of the Turkish perspective on this. And I'll start right off with an email from Martin in Fresno. Martin writes, I am an Armenian descendant. My parents were born and fled while my grandparents were killed in an unadmitted Turkish killing and genocide of the Armenian people. I'd like to visit my parents' birthland, but I'm afraid... Why is the current government and people of Turkey so hostile to an honest historical record of the Turkish-Armenian relationship? So this is a very complicated issue, and I know that the big issue is Armenians want the Turks to use the word genocide, and I know it's also dangerous for Turks to even talk about this in Turkey. First of all, what are the legal issues for talking about the Armenian uh, problem, Tom?
1: Now, Turkey doesn't accept that it was a genocide. It was not a government-orchestrated uh, act, first right. of all. So, then uh, using the word genocide is really strong in that. So people it, refrain yeah. from using that word. It's not a government-orchestrated act. That's what the Turks feel about that.
0: And my understanding is Turkey was founded in 1923, and this happened in 1915, 16, and 17.
1: But Turkey is uh, one of the extensions of the Ottoman Empire, like uh, very many others. So okay. uh, if there's somebody to blame out there, there's Turkey and uh, right. a few other countries. Okay, so you're saying the word genocide
0: really is implying a government action, and you're saying the Turkish government doesn't want to admit to that. So Turkey's not saying that Armenians weren't killed in this uh, horrible incident, but it wasn't a government action. Is that the idea?
1: Uh, I'm not saying that. People were killed. Uh, That was a civil war, a worse of a kind, but it was not a government-orchestrated act. That's uh, what I'm trying to say. Okay.
0: Now, can an Armenian go to Turkey today and be comfortable?
2: Yes, no problem. An Armenian can come to Turkey without feeling uneasy.
0: Are there Armenian business people in Istanbul?
2: Yes, there are Armenian business people. And there's an Armenian minority still living in Turkey In
0: peace. And you mentioned there's a a diaspora, a lot Uh of Armenians living overseas. Yes. And there's Armenia, there's the new country of Armenia, Mm -hmm. just east of Turkey. Mm -hmm. But the historic homeland of Armenia, all of the ancient sites of Armenia, aren't they actually in Turkey?
1: That's in Turkey. That's in northeast and eastern Turkey. But those people had to be uh, moved from their locations towards the end of the First World War. And that was a very brave political decision at the time. Think about it, there were non-Muslims actually decided about that too in the cabinet of the Ottoman Empire. But the problem was there was these uh, armed gangs actually hitting the Ottoman troops from behind. And for this reason, they had to take the step and move the Armenian population from there down to the southeast and south. And this is when everything started. That was a sparkle that started some kind of a civil clash between the Muslims and the Armenians, as far as I understand from history, from my um, research into the subject. I'm not an expert on the subject, but uh, I feel like, you know, both sides suffered a lot. And very many of these Armenians ended up in uh, northern Syria and southeastern part of Turkey. They later on ended up in the United States. And think of this as a huge trauma that lived throughout the years. So whether you call it a slaughter or
0: a genocide or a civil war, the fact is hundreds of thousands of Armenians were killed in what is Turkey today, and they basically left to America, to Armenia, to... To Europe, to to uh, some of them stayed
1: in the country. Mm -hmm. But the word genocide is a little too strong. That doesn't do any side any help. So uh, we're really worried about that word. This issue keeps coming up, and it seems like Turkey could say... It was terrible.
0: We did a horrible thing. It's tragic. It's uh, let's make a memorial. Let's uh, live together now. I mean, what is your take on that?
1: Well, Turkey uh, has a political point of view into that, saying that uh, everything has to be researched by the historians, not by the politicians. As far as I understand, Turkey is open to this and offering uh, to open up the archives and do some mutual research with Armenia. And I believe last year this was refused.
2: Yes. Armenian archives are not open to public. The archives in Armenia.
1: In Armenia. Uh, yes.
0: So there is a dispute about who can how can historians get at this and get the issue away from the politicians? And a Turk would say people on both sides have a political agenda in
1: the way they want to describe this. Um You know, both sides suffered from this. And um if if there are some people out there who would like to know what happened back then, nobody wants it more than the Turks. Right. But we just want an open-minded uh, research onto this. And the
0: fact is, if you're an Armenian-American that wants to go to Turkey to visit sites from your heritage, what sort of challenges do you have? You don't is have
1: any challenges. You, challenges. you just go
0: there and uh, visit them. You know people in Istanbul who are Armenians, openly Armenians,
1: and they I, run I the know, businesses. I know. I, I got neighbors, Armenians. And uh, we actually, uh, on our tours in Turkey, we actually uh, have a hostess who's an right. Armenian in Turkey there's one thing you know we actually uh, before knowing the people real well we don't talk about the ethnic origins and the religious aspect of that person we just want to get to know the people first and then do that that's an Ottoman heritage I mean uh,
0: that's an interesting kinda, sensitivity because a lot of Americans come in and they ask you questions about your religion
1: that's uh, out of place you know most out of the place. times out uh, yeah it's just like uh, you don't, you don't come into my house rude. and say
0: how much did you pay for this house Rick you know that's be just, out of place here yeah. <laughs> hey we've got Paul on the line from Delaware Paul thanks for your call
3: I just recently came back from Turkey. One of the things that came up was whether or not Armenia was trying to start a revolt and start their own country. Is that true? Were they the first to actually start the fight? Um,
0: Against the Ottoman Empire?
3: I mean, I understand that if you're in an empire or or a country and suddenly people are attacking you from all different sides, you have the French, the British, the Greeks, uh, the Russians all attacking you, Fear is ruling the country, and therefore, from fear, hate starts to come, and also, you know, people make uh, assumptions, and then they start to uh, do bad things. So, my question is, you know, is it true that Armenia tried to start a war with the Russian backing in the start of this?
2: Well, during the First World War, I think Russia convinced Armenians to cooperate with them against Ottoman Empire during the course of the war.
0: So we got to remember this was World War I and we have Russia and Britain fighting the Ottomans, right? Yes. And the, right. the Armenians were a disgruntled group within the Ottoman Empire and it was sort of a tactic of the Russians and
1: the Brits to get the Armenians to revolt against the Ottomans. Armenians were the last in the boat, to abandon the boat, and they really wanted to do that. And that started uh, way back in time, 1850s, 1870s or so. They had uh, people from Europe trying to provoke some kind of an uprising. I think there's a similar thing in Iraq. The Americans told people to rise up against
0: Saddam as if we would stand by them. They rose up against Saddam and found themselves
1: exposed and slaughtered. And think of an empire trying to survive in the middle of all these attacks from all over the place. And uh, you should also realize that Ottoman Empire was clueless when uh, it entered the First World War. I mean, uh, there were so much losses of land, they could not afford to lose another patch of land. So that was a political decision which gave some uh, uh, you know, bad results at the end. Well, I hope that people can continue traveling,
0: and I hope that Turks can um, come to an agreement with the Armenians to reckon with this and put it in its politi- in its historical perspective, and move on. I think the the good news we're hearing today is Armenian Americans, Armenians from the diaspora, can go to Turkey. There are plenty of Armenian Turks living in Turkey today. They probably have their problems with the recent history, but the fact is they're accepted in the in the modern business community and in your neighborhood.
1: Well. You know, one way or another, we have to get over this and uh, start talking. Uh,
3: I did witness um, one of our tour guides brought us to an Armenian church. And at the time, there was a wedding that was just concluding. And uh, everybody seemed to be in a very joyous manner. I mean, it was great just to be able to be a part of that and see that, you know, this was happening in the middle of Istanbul.
0: So you're saying an Armenian cultural festival around a wedding in Istanbul and everybody was uh, having a good time? Yeah. All right, well, that's good news. Paul, thanks for your call. You're welcome. Okay. Gail is on the line in California. Hi, Gail. What's your question?
4: I was in Turkey last summer, right before the election, and I was really interested in it. And um, a lot of Americans are worried about the AK party, feel like it's an Islamic fundamentalist party and that, you know, things are going to go that way. But my impression of being in Turkey was the AK Party was much more of a pro-EU, capitalist, you know, pro-development sort of party. And that most Turks that were voting for it were voting for it for that reason. So I was wondering what Turks thought about the AK Party.
0: The AK Party, that's the party that won the election, right? Mm -hmm. What does AK stand for?
2: Uh, Justice and Development. Justice and
1: Development. Tan, what's your take on the AK Party? They start as a a fundamentalist party at the very beginning, but uh, I think they're beyond that right now. Uh, there's it's a greater percentage of the population voting for this party, not because of the fundamentalist reasons, but they're paying attention to this party because uh, you know, they proved that they're part of the system. They're the new kids on the block right now. It's important because after 1980 military intervention, it's always the uh, new kid on the block who won the elections, not the old parties, not the kind of parties who were supporting the uh, status quo of the society, of the, of the state. They start with speeches of change People want change in Turkey. That's the idea. From so, my
0: perspective, it was a, a move to the um, fundamental towards, Muslim sort of thing. And you're not—you're a secularist in Turkey, I believe. Yes, I am. And you're not concerned
1: about that? No, I'm not concerned about that. The, the point is, they start with the words freedom. They start with the words renovation. And these are the things that people uh, value nowadays in Turkey. Renovation. Renovation, because state is uh, is clumsy in Turkey, and right. uh, state needs some uh, reconstruction. So young, big business, Western minded people are happy with this. Change. Young. Young, attractive, and with the speeches saying that there's going to be renovation within the structure of the society. Now, I I really don't like to uh, paint a a dark picture here. They may as well be sincere with their effort in trying to become a part of European Union. And Mina, what's your take on the AK?
2: I think another reason that people support AKP is because the previous governments in Turkey before were a little bit more elitist. So they were not really close to the people. They were not close to the regular people living in Turkey. They were a little bit more elitist, and they were thinking they were much more superior or they, they knew more about the regular people. So but these, people these people are not embracing. they are elites. more embracing. They're okay. more, much more embracing. I think this is a good point.
0: Well, that's a hopeful thing. I want to talk about the next issue, and that's Kurdistan. We know that there's 10 million Kurdish Turks We know that Turkey is very concerned about the establishment of an independent Kurdish nation if Iraq falls apart, and right now we have some tension as Kurdistan is, in uh, all practical purposes, an autonomous country just outside of your border. What is the Turkish take on this? Why, Why do the Turks get so tense about the establishment of an independent Kurdish nation in the northern part of Iraq?
2: Well, if you think of Turkish history, you know, the, the, the formation of Turkey, modern Turkey, uh, in our constitution, it's very clearly indicated that Turkish borders should be always, um, you know, even one little piece of land should not be sacrificed. And this is called misak which means like protecting our land. So it's a, it's a very important issue. And this is, this is guaranteed and protected by constitution. That's why... Um, so, like we
0: say, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. exactly. So, Turkey says that's indivisible it. with liberty and justice yes. for all in its constitution as well.
2: Exactly. And we're, we're a unitary country. We're not a federal country. So, it's very important to keep Okay,
0: our... well, So, that shines a light on it. Yes. I mean, as a matter of principle, Turkey does not want to let one square kilometer of its exactly. country go away. That's now, it. there's these Kurdish Turks that have an option to join with a greater Kurdistan. Yes. It's a word I don't even think Turkish government wants us to hear. It's Kurdistan.
2: no, no. No, no. This is this is a very fragile issue.
0: What do, what do you think is going to happen?
2: Uh, well, I believe personally that if there is anything like Kurdistan comes to existence, I don't think it can continue long because Kurdistan. We cannot talk about one Kurdish race. You no, know, they're they're all divided. You no, know, there. I know there are like twenty one different tribes within Kurdish within Kurdistan, Kurdish society. Yes. So they will be fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. So we cannot talk about one. You know. Kurdistan.
0: Now, there's modern Kurdish Turks in Istanbul, I'm sure, that sure. are just embracing all the modern uh, aspects of Kurdish society. But there are also probably nomadic Kurds on the yes. border of in eastern Turkey that want to teach their children Kurdish language and mm-hmm. so on. What would their complaint be with the modern Turkish government?
2: Uh, well, this was an issue like five, six years ago, right, Don? It wasn't possible to teach in Kurdish, you know, or like play the local music, to Kurdish music. So they were somehow suppressed. These people, the Kurds, were segregated. But it's not the case now. Now they can study Kurdish and, you know, they can choose to study in Kurdish. Yes, Is if that right? Like. Yes.
0: So six years ago, there was a civil war going on, and there was mm-hmm. these uh, Turkish or Kurdish uh, terrorists within your country, mm-hmm. um, killing people for their yes. cause. And as a consequence, the government was cracking down on it, and saying you cannot teach your kids Kurdish, and that yes. was that was exacerbating the issue. Mm-hmm. And you're saying today, yes, the government has lightened up on the Kurds to help them uh, be more comfortable within Turkey.
2: Exactly, because now if you keep on suppressing people, people will will look for some some way to find a way to, to speak their own language or to exercise their own culture. So Turkish government understood the fact that we should just let them do whatever they like.
0: But as long as the Turkish government believes there are separatists operating out of Kurdistan, south of the border in northern Iraq, that's true. the Turkish government feels it is justified mm-hmm. to send its army south of the border to get those separatists, just like the American government sent troops down to get Pancho Villa when he would make raids into our country or yes. something like that. Yeah, but
2: they're terrorists. Turkish government now can separate between the Kurds and terrorist Kurds. Okay. See, I mean, it's nothing against Kurds, but it's against the terrorists. And it it's
0: violating be. the notion that Turkey is one nation, indivisible.
2: True.
0: I'm speaking with Mina Kerahan and Tan Aran, two guides from Turkey, and we're dealing with the thorny issues confronting Turkey today. I believe Turkey is the size of... Texas with what 70 million people is that about right Ton? Yes. And um about 98% Muslim and the big issue now is is Turkey going to join the EU? The EU is 400 million people, mm-hmm. and it's an aging continent. This is a problem. The European Union, is they're so rich and they're so educated, they're just uh, hedonists. They're not having babies. They're living longer and having smaller families. It's an aging population. Uh, and they, the average
1: age in Turkey is only 25.
0: 25. So Turkey is the... Uh, I'm a
1: senior citizen. You're,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Turkey is the, the uh, regeneration of Europe. If they're not going to wither away, a lot of people see that that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, it would complicate things because you have... What is the third biggest Turkish city, Berlin, or something like that? It Sounds like it. Something like that. So there's a lot of Turks in Europe already, but there is this problem of Muslim people not assimilating but having a, a stress within the countries in Europe. So we've got that scenario, and the big issue is, will Turkey join the EU? Do Turks want to join the EU? <laughs>
2: I think most of the Turks want to join the EU, uh, but their only concern is uh, the cultural. You know, they, they they want to keep their culture. They don't want to be European, or they don't want to be assimilated by European culture. I think this is the major concern. But of course, the Turks want to be a part of European Union because of economic reasons.
0: So you just want to get the economic benefit of joining the EU I without giving up your heritage.
2: That's true. Yeah, that's the main concern.
0: Do you want to join the EU?
2: Me personally, As yes. As a Turk? Yes. Why? Well, we've always been a part of Europe, starting from Ottoman Empire time, as uh, Ottoman Empire was always existent in the uh, European continent. And I believe that the regulations that are brought by the European Union will be of great benefit for Turkey, and it's going to be a great benefit for Turkey so far as economy is concerned. Or also it will help politically, I believe.
0: To make Turkey more moderate and modern and democratic, you mean?
2: Yes, Yes. So
0: that's a stability issue if Turkey was to join the EU. Yes. Tan, do Europeans want Turkey to join? I don't think so. Why not?
1: Well, there are so many reasons for that. Uh that very many reasons uh, Turks have if, if they want to be part of Europe or not. Uh, they have valid reasons for this. People are scared that they're going to lose their jobs, but people are happy that they're going to have more social rights, this and that. The problem, the main so problem Turks is— Turks are happy uh, they're going to have more social rights, you're saying? Uh, you, you know, that they, that's yeah. one of the reasons for those who mm-hmm. would like to be part of Europe, a uh, greater whole. Uh, and Turkey, then you were saying some of the Europeans were afraid they'd lose their jobs because Turks would work harder and cheaper? Turkey has—average uh, age, as I said, is 25, and Turkey has a huge unemployment. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look at the records, it's up to uh, twelve, thirteen percent right now, but uh, that doesn't count the unemployed really unemployed out there it's just uh, among those who applied for a job through a state institute, mm-hmm. but other than that, we have a hidden unemployment, and that may go up to twenty percent, maybe more than that. so uh, Europe doesn't want the kind of uh, you know crowd moving in and uh, stealing the jobs. They had this by Poland. You know, about mm-hmm. Poland and other Eastern, Eastern Eastern <laughs> European countries entered the European Union. They had this problem, and that's going to be a major problem. Mina mentioned the, the Polish plumber. <laughs> the European Union, uh, they're worried about these uh,
0: hardworking uh, people from the new the East that are going to take their jobs away. And there was a big scare in France, I think, about the Polish plumber that was going to be mm-hmm. doing all their work. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out, uh, it's, it's, it's not a
1: well-founded fear so far. But I guess Europe is stressed out about people working harder and cheaper. Not just that. Uh, there's a the clash, let's say, uh, between the Muslims and the Christians, right. uh, the, the unnamed clash. So you think, in their heart of hearts, Europeans are really afraid um, of that? Well, you know, you n- you never know that. On personal basis, you don't get to hear those kind of things. But on government basis, uh, people are talking really deep into that.
2: And most of the time, European Union is accused of being like a Christian club.
1: Now that's what so, we say. I yes. mean, they don't. They don't accept that.
0: That's so what. The, they yeah. Because if you came in, if the Turks came in, they'd be one Muslim nation with uh, twenty-five
1: Christian nations, and we're going to have more yes. n- votes. Then uh, let's see. Yeah.
2: Then uh, Germ- Germany will be number one, and Turkey will be number two number in the parliament two, yeah. because it's
1: based on
0: on population. population. Exactly. Wow. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. Today we're talking about Turkey and uh, thorny issues confronting Turkey. We have Teresa on the line in California. Teresa, thanks for your call.
4: Yes, Rick. Thank you for taking it. Uh, my husband and I were on a trip to Turkey last spring, um, but we were very struck by the dichotomy between the lives of the normal people, everyday people, in the seaside towns and in the interior. Given that kind of dichotomy of lifestyle and attitudes and secularism versus uh, fervent Muslim followers, how would Turkey try to get into the EU?
0: So you're talking about people in kind of like in the sticks, living very conservative and orthodox kind of life. We went
4: into the interior of the country. Right. Um, and they're, they're wonderful villages there, but they, people have probably been living those in those same manners for a hundred or more years. they don 't have the same kind of ideas about capitalism and, and modern European societies as some of the people in the seaport towns do because they have all the tourists yeah well that 's so, a good
0: question for ton
1: yeah. well it 's going to take time. Um, Nothing's going to be easy, and uh, Europe is not ready to give Turkey the membership. They're not ready to accept all these people unemployed. They're not ready to accept this culture. Uh, That's what I believe in. Um, there will be a time in the future when we renovate ourselves and uh, when we get uh, more into an industrial society, then uh, I think it's going to be time. So but there's then. a striking
0: but, gap but in but your But that society. doesn't
1: mean that Turkey should be away from the European Union right now. I mean, uh, there's negotiations going on, and it's going to take another 10, 15 years probably. Things are going to change. We had a great change in the past 20 years. Now, 50% of our population used to live in the countryside 20 years ago. Right now, it's down to 15%, 20%. I mean, we're, we're going through the change. What it takes is a change. And you've got to remember, in 1920,
0: Turkey was a medieval country, and it took Ataturk to drag Turkey out of the Middle Ages and create a modern nation. And today, there's still a, a big gap in the society, and the people in the small towns and the villages are catching up, whereas you go to Istanbul, and it feels like uh, any modern Western country.
2: Actually, Turkey first uh, applied for being in European, European economic community in 1963. So we've done a lot so far.
0: There's different degrees of union with Europe. You don't need to be in the core European Union. You can have an economic union, and and that's probably where Turkey's going to end up, at least uh, in the interim.
4: What is the issue? I'm sorry. You certainly don't want to lose the charm and the wonder that is Turkey at its heart by becoming too modern and too European.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That was the concern. People are scared about that. Uh, That's the main concern of Turkey Mm -hmm. and and the people of Turkey. That's true. I think the governments are sometimes more in favor than
0: the people because the governments see it as an economic uh, reality and the people want to preserve their heritage. Is there anything to that? In Turkey, governments are populist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, they're, <laughs> they go with the crowds. They go with the crowd. What is the issue these days with uh, human rights? I hear a lot of people questioning whether Americans should go to Turkey because of their human rights problems, human rights abuses.
2: Well, uh, yeah, there was an issue of like... Um, the uh, torture in custody and these kind of like issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we've de- we've done a lot Turkish government is much more careful about these you know and because part of the reason is uh, European Union's standards that you know because as, as we're becoming a part of European Union gradually because we're doing the uh, the uh, accession talks and every year they release like a uh, a report and which was just recently released uh, and everything is just indicated one by one so we know that we will be responsible for these
0: because your country is trying to fit the uh, the dictates or the uh, preconditions of European Union. Union membership. Yes. This is a very interesting thing about the yes. European Union. It is setting standards that are forcing nations that might be slower to get modern with this approach to human rights or mm-hmm. environmental concerns or women's rights or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you have to meet those standards to get to be considered for the European Union. Mm-hmm. And history will look at the European Union as a real catalyst for change in a lot of countries that strive to get in, whether they get in or not.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's, it's an issue also for Turkey, you know, Everybody is supporting this because whether we become a part of European Union or not, we know that we should do the things that they're asking us to do, you know, the standards that we should meet. That's so whether we become a, a part of European Union or not, we know that we will be prospering. And so you
0: are two modern Turks that recognize the value of this to live together in, a, in yes. a modern and fast-changing world. Sure. We have Jim on the line from Vashon Island in Washington. Hi, Jim. Thanks for your call.
1: Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um in 1969, there was a very famous book called uh, Teaching as a Subversive Activity. And it seems to me that with all of this miscommunication and inconsistency that's going on, that uh, travel could be the key to to unlocking a different image of Turkey. And it's almost as if travel is a subversive activity. And I just wanted to know what
4: your uh, guests felt about that.
0: That's a great question. What are your thoughts on the value of travel to sort through these kind of misunderstandings between nations and so on?
1: Now, if I'm here to uh, tell you that Turkey is a modern nation, you're not going to believe me. uh, Because Turkey has uh, has a record out there, and it's hard to, uh, you know, change this. It's like uh, Ataturk, for the first time, he showed out there, he showed a hat, said, Ladies and gentlemen, this is what they call the hat. We're not going to be wearing fez no longer. This is just a hat, well, and it's hat. from Europe. And uh, you know, people were looking at him probably uh, saying that, "What's he talking about?" And uh, you know, he started this struggle of so mother nation. He outlawed the, uh, the the little fez hat. Outlawing and thanks. I mean, uh, these were the starting point of a of revolution. What we, what we call it's in the minds and the hearts of the people. And uh, this is what we get in Turkey. It's in the minds and the hearts of the people. You know, they just want to be part of a greater thing. They just want to be part of a modern nation in the modern world. And uh, they're doing anything in their reach to achieve this. And if you're not in Turkey, you don't get to realize this. You don't get to hear the people of Turkey, uh, you know, saying that, crying out loud, saying that, you know, we we want to be part of this uh, greater whole. And, uh, you know, you just have to go to Turkey to uh, listen to people, talk to the people. And Turks are outspoken people. And uh, you'll get the answer to your questions.
2: And there's a Turkish proverb, uh, who knows more? The one who reads more or the one who travels more? The one who travels more knows more.
0: So. I agree with that. I always <laughs> tell people, uh, Muhammad was in agreement with this also. Yes. I think Mohammed said, don't tell me how educated you are. Mm-hmm. Tell me how much you've traveled. Yes. And I agree with you. you. There is so much misunderstanding between the United States and Turkey. And when we get a chance to go to Turkey... I mean, when you go to Turkey, I was in a stadium with 300 Turkish kids thrusting their fists up in the air screaming, we are a secular nation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are a secular nation. And I asked my guide, what's going on? Don't they like God? And my guide said, no, we love God, but we're very concerned here in Turkey with the rising tide of Islamic fundamentalism just over the border to the east Mm -hmm. about the fragile separation of mosque and state. I didn't know there was a separation of mosque and state as dictated in your constitution, mm-hmm. and Americans are kind of oblivious to this unless they travel and they, and they find themselves surrounded by people who uh, are waging pretty exciting struggles as their government evolves and their, and their nation evolves.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Jim, thank you so much for your call. Uh, you're welcome. We've been dealing with the thorny issues facing the Turkish nation, and it's quite a challenge. And I'm curious, uh, Mina and Tan, how you see the the future for Turkey? Mina, what do you see?
2: I think Turkish people are, um, as Tan already said, we have so many young people, and the education level is increasing. I think Turkey is becoming one of the most dynamic and fastest growing countries around the area. And because of our very strategic location. I think Turkey is going to be one of the greatest actors in the area, socially, politically. And it's a great country to visit. So we're waiting everyone to Turkey. So you're
1: positive. You're the young, you're the young generation. I'm, I'm the
2: positive one. You're going to yeah. make
1: Turkey succeed. Great. Tan, yes. what do you think? Fut- future is what you create. So uh, we're doing all we can to uh, put Turkey in the league of the uh, developed countries. We'll do everything we can. Beautiful. Can I say inshallah?
2: Inshallah. inshallah. <laughs> all <right>.
1: Merhaba. Merhaba. <laughs> each year rick steves tour guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through turkey greece and beyond one small group at a time and this year we're offering more than 30 exciting itineraries including a week in istanbul the best of turkey and athens and the heart of greece for a free tour catalog and rick steves tour experience dvd visit the tour section at ricksteves.com